You're tuned into our podcast, To Boldly Roll, a weekly play-by-voice sim hosted by Obsidian Fleet. If you want to learn more about us and discover bonus material, visit our website, toboldlyroll.wordpress.com. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Potemkin, our mission, on behalf of Obsidian Fleet, is to make new friends and protect the Federation. To discover the galaxy and to not roll 20s, we aim only to pick fights with the GM that we can win, but not upset him so much that he yells stars at us wholesale. And so it is, we have united today to boldly roll. Welcome, I am Matthew, the GM. I also play Torrent Pax, the captain, and I try really hard not to kill everyone. I'm Matthew. And I play Lieutenant Ezekiel Zeke Pride, the Helm Officer and 2XO. Hi, I'm Will, and I play Alexander Artopoulos, the Chief Medical Officer. I'm Nikki, I play the Grazerite Chief of Engineering, Lieutenant Ellie Naveen. Hi, I'm Paul. I play Lieutenant Scott McIntyre, the tough, uncompromising Chief of Security on the USS Potemkin. Um, last week I told you that you were going to be uh, hosting a welcome to the Federation signing party thing of a it's not a new alien race but it they are well new to the Federation obviously they were first encountered about 50 years ago when a parting starship picked up a subspace communication uh, the prime directive was waived because they had subspace communication uh, even though they were pre-warp so a relationship was cultivated, and they are now ready to join the Federation. If you have a look on Roll20, you can see what they look like. I see. Excuse the sassy look on her face, apparently. I love the sassy look. So, yeah, um, you're in orbit around the planet. This is a typical M-class planet. Uh, lots of uh, blues and purples instead of greens, though. Uh, the ocean is a deep violet colour. It's a typical M-class planet, nothing particularly special about it. The interesting part, which is probably why, the, why they are getting Federation memberships relatively early, is because their top scientists um, kind of bypassed warp drive and went straight to wormhole manipulation. Nice. Um, They're not able to create wormholes out of thin air. So, real life theory, sci-fi fact, the quantum foam level, the Planck level of our universe is full of tiny little wormholes. Most of them no more than a Planck in length, so really, 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 really tiny. But what you can do by threading exotic matter through one of these naturally occurring wormholes, you can expand it and make it viable for travel. So that's basically what they've been doing. So far, it's only between planets in their own star system, but this technology is sufficiently advanced and interesting that the Federation has decided that the Prime Directive doesn't conflict with them joining. So that's fun. Nifty. Part of your mission will be to transport 
one end of a wormhole to a nearby star system at warp speed, obviously. The other end will remain in their home system and it will connect them to another star system, basically, so they can begin to advance and expand. So someone's going to ask for a name in a minute. I was going to say, who are these people? Yeah, <laughs> they are called the Zek, X-E-C. The, cere- the signing ceremony, there's, there's a couple of other Starfleet vessels there as well. The Valentine has, um, Valentine, uh, the, oh, what's it called? The, the Slipstream ship. Esther? That's it. God, that, you know, everything's just going out of my mind today. I remembered a thing, though. I feel good about that. Yeah. The Valentine you've encountered a few times. She has brought all the brass and the diplomats for the signing. Your vessel has been chosen as the as the staging point for all of this. So your main lounge has been, you know, upended and prettied up and you know, the interior designers have thrown out all the crew, you know, that sort of thing. Can I have ship as a Valentine? Uh Vesta. So you're all there as senior staff. You get to witness. You're all in your Class A dress uniforms. I'm sure some of you dislike the Class A's, but, you know, when the, the Federation president is, is there, you, you gussy up, you know. You do what you got to do. Yep. It all goes off without a hitch. The founding members of the Federation all have representatives. Uh, the president is there. It's a big deal. The array of food that is there is quite bland, to be honest, because the alien race, the Zek, basically they get no nutrition from our food and we get no nutrition from their food. So there's no sharing of food resources here at all. Bummer. However, several members of the Zek have discovered a love for the taste of ice cream. Rocky Road, obviously, and mint chop chip. Um, Although they get no nutrition value from it, Neither do we. They still really. like the taste. <laughs> no, not really. I, no, 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 no. You got you got a food group no, in there. You got dairy. Yeah, dairy. <laughs> but they are the the, the Zek are very intelligent. They all speak Federation standard, easily picking up the language, and their language is surprisingly easy to pick up as well. Might have been some common roots at some point. Who knows? A I can only describe as a middle-aged tubby white guy, except Zek. So middle-aged tubby blue guy kind of waddles his way excitedly over to you, Ellie. And it sticks out his hand. Um, God, I'm going to need a name for him, aren't I? Sen. Sen? S-E-N. Sen. Hello, Sen. He says, I'm very excited to meet you. You're, you're, you're the chief engineer, aren't you? I am. Oh! <gasps> Exciting. Exciting. He taps his fingers together. <gasps> what do you know about wormholes? Um, I know things about wormholes <laughs> and the fabric of space and space time and folding and quantum reality things. Yes, I know stuff. He grins and says, so not a lot then. <laughs> he says, that's fine. That's fine. I get to tell you, I make wormholes, he whispers. And looks around. He says, Well, you'll be transporting my wormhole. So you get to see it. Very exciting. That's so exciting. He says, I have an experiment as well. Oh, what is it? 
well, I think I can temporarily open up a wormhole with just your ship's deflector dish and warp power. A lot of warp power. That's a neat trick. I want to learn it. He says, well, if your captain agrees, we can try it. And he looks around nervously, you know, seeing if anyone's overhearing. He says, shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone? No. Are you going to ask the captain? Well, you can tell the captain. Just, just, just none of my people. Oh, all right. Well, I'll talk to the captain. We'll see what he thinks. Okay. And he, he, he rushes off again, disappears into the crowd. Bye, San. Huh. All right. Well, I'm going to go find the captain. Okay. Yeah, the, the captain's chilling at the bar, cup of coffee in hand. Comes up to Captain Pax and she's like, Captain, Captain, I just talked to this engineer of theirs, the uh, scientist, Sen, and he wants to do a project testing a wormhole um, thingy do with our deflectors, but he doesn't want us to talk with anyone else in the Zek about the project. What do we do? Well, obviously you're going to need a proposal from him anyway. You're not going to just, you know, experiment no. without... Well, yeah, I'm going to have to see the prince on this. Oh. <laughs> obviously. Um, well, I mean, his people are part of the Federation. Might be worth a go if it's safe or safe enough. I just... I don't know. As much as Ellie loves Discovery, she's really nervous about why he doesn't want to talk to any of their other scientists about it, obviously. Yeah. So, there are there other scientists at this event? Yeah, there's other wormhole scientists and representatives from their science guilds. Can I, like, eavesdrop or butt into some conversation and find out, like what they're talking about with their wormhole foamy layer projects and if they have any like drawbacks or anything that they're muttering about. Yes, you can. Um gonna have to do a uh not sure what role you would do actually. Um I'll do I'll be honest, I'll go with insight and science, even though it's not my top. It's still pretty good. She's brighter than I am on these subjects. One success. I mean, a lot of the chatting is more about the excitement of joining the Federation and meeting new people, new branches of science to explore. Nothing that seems unsavory or anything like that. Okay, I asked somebody about Ben, if they know him or his work. Okay. Um, do another insight and do insight and engineering. Um. Uh... Five and a six, two successes. I don't know if anything I have applies, unless it's about warp field, but we're not there doing something else. Yeah, no, it's two successes. Yeah. Um, he's a well-respected member of the community. You don't get any negative vibes about him from anyone you speak to. Seems up on the up and up. Um, have any of them actually like personally worked with him? Uh, yeah, he's he's um, head of the engineering side of uh, their wormhole project. He knows the science, but it, it's, he's more of an engineer, the building and maintaining part of it. He's worked with uh, with most of the people in the room. So both the scientists and the like, and politicians or um, you know the movers shakers. Does he connect with them too? He's not a political animal at all. He sucks at doing the whole politics thing like any good engineer does how do they fund their projects are they um as socially evolved as as we are in the federation or do they have um 
it's it's not so much funding it's more an allocation of resources the exotic matter for example is created um, in factories but those factories are also needed for to produce other things so it's about time management more than anything else well i guess i'll go tell some of my crewmates about this concept because the only people he told me not to tell were his fellows Mm. right yeah okay so i i go get a knot of us together and tell them that there's this project being proposed you know it's weird it looks like caviar but it's not not really all kind of bland it all kind of tastes the same to me Catherine. like being back at school <laughs> all tastes like oatmeal so guys this opportunity and I don't really want to pass it up. It's this chance to learn about how to um, engage wor- wormholes um, through the f- foam of the quantum foam using our deflector dish. Um, I'm not, not supposed to be telling any of the other um, Zach about this, but um, their chief lead engineer on their project has approached me about doing this project with our deflector dish and i i don't i have these like i'm really torn it's odd yeah you want to make a what you think it's odd too we have specs on this project that we can run through a holosim oh that's a good idea um well i'm imagining that he's going to get me some specs pretty soon um the captain is interested I pours hot sauce over his alien cat food. Generally, if someone doesn't want their own kind to know about something, it's either illegal or immoral. Yeah. Or both. Or dangerous. Yeah. yeah. The size of this wormhole? Oh, apparently. Do we know? No, I'd, I'd have to see the specs. I'd imagine it's ship-sized, at least. All right, well, I guess... I, I guess I wait for Sen to send in his specs before I follow up. I'm going to enjoy the party. Should we run this up the chain? Well, at the very least, you've got um, you've got time um, because you're running a wormhole um, terminus to another star system. So you've got time to look at it and speak to him away from his own people Did um, during the trip. Did they choose the other system or did... Would be like in the just generally UFP, like who picked this other system? It was um, a combined effort um, because although they've got subspace communications, they don't have subspace sensors yet. There's a plan to um, filter down UFP standard technology to them over a period of time. Was it anybody that they had previously talked to? Like, that's a a race that they were using subspace communications with before. Do they know these people? Is no, the other star, the other star systems, um, uninhabited. Okay. Why do they want to go there? So they're just creating a gate. There is an M-class planet there, but no intelligent life, and they want to set up a colony. Okay, so they're checking it out for possible colonization. Yeah. Can we can we name the system there too? Zek two or something. New Zek? Tobolt. T-U-B-L-A-L-T. Tobolt. 
How far away is it? That's our mission. Uh, it's about 12 light years. So you'll have a few, a couple of days to get there. Obviously, there are questions that need answering about the stability of the wormhole inside of your warp field while you're at warp. Simulations show that it there shouldn't be any interaction at all, but, you know. Right. It might blow you all to, you know, smithereens. So there's that fun. So want to reduce the warp speed, at least initially. So, yeah, fun. Yay. Any other questions or comments before we move forward? I don't think so. Okay. It's the following day. Um, Most of the Federation brass have returned Earthward on the Valentine. Others are staying behind on the planet. And a small contingent of Zek will be aboard your ship. You get to see the wormhole up close for the first time. It will be basically held in place with a combination of tractor beams and hastily attached clamps. And it will sit between your warp nacelles, flat between your warp nacelles. This particular gate is is it's not very big, comparatively speaking. You might get a Nova through it, but certainly not your ship. So the gate itself is, it looks like a, a, a ring, like a Stargate. <laughs> but sensors indicate that it is made of incredibly dense material that is just literally called exotic matter. It's positively charged matter that can withstand the tidal forces and stresses of keeping a, a tiny wormhole open. The surface is, it, it looks like a, a sinkhole, which, as you understand the science, basically what it is doing is the apparatus has opened up the mouth of the wormhole at both ends, but has kept the rest of the wormhole the same size. So you basically fly in as a big giant ship, and then as you go down the mouth of the wormhole, you shrink in size and then reinflate at the other end as you come out. And as you understand it, although the science is a little bit fringe, even for Starfleet, the length of the wormhole doesn't actually change. No matter how far you pull the two mouths apart, the the wormhole will stay exactly the same length. So travel time is always exactly the same. Where? So, Ellie, can you do a reason and engineering check for me, please? I can. Two successes. Okay. You successfully um, negotiate the ship at warp speed. The warp field opens up and the ship jumps to warp space. The wormhole and apparatus appears fine. Um, the warp field doesn't seem to have any effect upon the wormhole. And some test communications are made through the wormhole. And they are successfully picked up. And then you pick up a response through the wormhole itself. So even at warp speed, the two halves are connected. Zek is on the bridge. And he's excited. It's working, just as he um, said it would. And um, he seems to uh, kind of theorize out loud. And he says, there's a possibility, you know, 
using relativity. Smart man that Einstein. If you took a if you took one gate and achieved the speed close to the speed of light and travelled away and then came back with that gate, for you, like you know, a couple of years will pass. But for the world for the world you left, a couple of hundred years would have passed. But now you've got a gate, a wormhole with a with an entrance in two points in time. So you could travel back between those two points in time. That'd be interesting. Time travel? Yeah. Who's he, who's he talking to? Just just Elliot? He's just talking aloud at the moment. Oh. I think he thinks he's addressing the bridge um, like a, a lecturer. Time travel is a no-no. Whereas most of the crew, bridge crew are completely ignoring him. But of course, it's theoretical. It's never been tried. Well, that, at least not hope. that we know of. Plus, of course, when no one's got ships that can approach that sort of speed speed anyway. So, all theoretical. I don't, I don't feel like having a visit from the Department of Temporal Investigations this week, thanks. <laughs> Maybe next week. He kind of shrugs and wanders over to the science console and just, you know, watches over the officer's shoulder as the data pours in. Obviously, being at warp speed at warp with the warp bubble you're excluded from the relativity calculation anyway but yeah so about a day in Zek asks for a, an audience with the captain and his senior officers so he can explain a bit more about his project so you gather in one of the conference rooms uh he's already there and he, he yeah, he's chomping a little bit he is excited if they had tails it would be wagging and he's, he's like, so, my project. I asked you not to tell my government because, well, they, th- they, they, they think it's rude to ask our new allies to help us with this. They, they think we should, you know, wait a while. But science doesn't wait. And I'm an engineer and I don't wait either. Um, he says, um, I've run simulations. Because your government's very nice, I have the specs of your uh, specs of the Excelsior class, and I think she can pull it off. The captain, a stoic trill, is less excited by this, and sorely wishes the man would sit down and just, you know, talk properly instead of like a hyperactive two-year-old on Red Bull. But he keeps his silence. You know, a wormhole generator would change the face of the Federation. And Zek's like, Zek continues, he goes, basically, what would happen is you would use your, your warp engines to create an exotic matter stream. So where we use solid exotic matter, you would make an energy stream of it. And it will pluck a wormhole out and temporarily shore it, shore it up with exotic matter energy. As you pass through, your warp bubble would reinforce this long enough for you to reach the other side. And then the wormhole would just shrink back to what it was before with no traces that it was ever there. I I know um, the Trill have tried making wormholes before and it's all very exciting, but I don't think they really understand what a wormhole is. He whispers and nervously glances around again. You know, just in case someone who shouldn't be there overheard him. What is it that a wormhole really is then? What, he says what the Trill tried to do was 
was make a wormhole like those wormhole aliens did. They made a wormhole out of nothing. And frankly, that's inherently so unstable. But of course, the wormhole aliens are gods or whatever. So they can control it. Us mere mortals, however, less so. But the universe is full of wormholes. And I mean, yeah, so you have to place two ends of it at your target locations. But, you know, isn't that better than having a completely unstable, prone to exploding wormhole? Mine would use the same wormholes. It's just that you can direct the other end to a set of target coordinates. And yeah, okay, so it doesn't last very long, as long as it takes you to travel through it. But it also means no one can follow you. So that's good as well. It only works for the, the ship with the tech. Yeah. Yeah. So he pass, he um, sends you the simulation data for the simulations that he's run. All right. I guess I go over it with Elixia. Yeah. If you want to do a roll. Reason and science? Yeah. Who's assisting in his lead? Ali's got higher science number, but Elixia's got the focuses for... What's her focuses? Astrophysics, physics, quantum mechanics. Yeah, let her be the lead role I'll support. Yeah, quantum mechanics would be the one. That's three successes for Elixia, and one from Ellie, so that's four. Okay, you can have a point of momentum from that. Are we running this through the ship? Do I get a ship roll? Yeah, actually. Computers? Uh, yes, computers and Science. engineering. Oh, engineering. Yeah. Nine and four. Because it's more of if the ship can actually handle it. And that's another success. Okay. Right. So, obviously, uh, the Potemkin isn't a standard Excelsior class. She had the Enterprise B refit and then the Lakota um, refit. And she's had another refit on top of that, which had given her improved hull integrity, the Dominion War refit, basically. So the stresses that she would be under traversing the wormhole are well within her capabilities. With the improved impulse drive, it gives you more power. So the power requirements aren't an issue. The only thing that is a question is whether or not the ship could produce the exotic energy in the first place. All Federation ships have a a particle collider in some form or another to create antimatter. This is generally done for emergency purposes or long range rather than as standard. So modifications to the particle collider would have to be made and then strengthening of the main energy conduit to the main deflector. Fortunately, your main deflector is capable of projecting a vast array of energy signatures anyway, so that doesn't need any modification. But your two departments basically come to the conclusion that it is very possible to be done. Yeah, the doctor tells the captain he's against it. Untested technology and all of our crew going through it, potentially? Nah. You can try it on a shuttle first. Does that work? That would be safer. Does a shuttle have the capacity to do it? Or a probe first? Maybe a runabout. Probe definitely wouldn't have the power requirements to do it. Okay. So a runabout would only require... I mean, you could take the helm and uh, Ellie and Zek or maybe Elixia. 
run their experiments in a runabout. And you don't risk the whole crew. The the tactical benefits of a technology like this, though, you know, you can imagine that it might be worth the risk long term. I looks at Ellie and is like, you know, what this means we're going to come back as lizards, right? <laughs> With, with with lots of baby lizards, don't yeah. forget that. Okay, so you have a Deneb class runabout, or, well, you have several on board. Could uh, you could stick a? Um, it would be a science module. Yeah, as you know, the the runabouts uh, Deneb class runabout uh, has four modules in the center, so you can stick a science module in one side. It takes up two spaces, an additional fusion reactor, which will take up the other two spaces. And then on top, you can put a uh, tactical module that would increase your shield capacity slightly. Uh, they have been refitted, so they are, they're not the slow warp five turtles that they were. So they've got a powerful warp field as well. So it is doable. You would be pushing it power wise, though. Can I soup it up? Not by much, if any at all. Do an insight and engineering check for me. Someone can assist. Anybody else have a engineering rating? Um, Mine's not so good. No, not so Alexia good. Alexia has a three, and so does uh, Pride. Oh, okay. Help me out, Pride. What's the other one? Engineering and what? Uh, insight, she said. I got a one. Nice. And does the ship help us on this or not? I got nothing. Uh, it should. Oh, thanks. Thanks for giving it a shot. Um, the ship. Why? Yeah, three successes. I can say we can spend momentum, but. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to increase the power on the shuttle. I think. I'm oh, it's probably not the ship. Um, Ship's probably not helping them. On the runabout. Yeah, but I got a one, and I do have a focus and power system, so that should be good. Oh, so you've got uh, five successes, four successes. How's that work? I would think that that one would double, so you would have yeah, you would have yeah, you five get successes. you get two successes from the one, you get two successes from the one. It's below your focus, uh, your yeah. discipline, so you get an additional one. So that one counts as three. Okay, three and a half, four. And then the ten four. counts as one as well. Okay. Okay. So and then, yeah, um, I, that, the, yeah, there was only one way you could get more successes with that is if you rolled a double one <laughs> how many did we need to succeed so in this situation the more you succeeded the more power you could juice out of it so we were no so asking if, if we get any rolls from the ship in this no okay none from the ship so no momentum but gotcha power with the modules would be four with the successes you've got you managed to squeeze out another two points of power so eight power in total from this rather large runabout you've all got a copy of the rule book haven't you yeah i do right Somewhere. if you have a copy of it page 235 of the neb runabout all other stats the systems and departments of what they are in the book uh but your power level is at eight right now and i really need to do ship sheets for your shuttles don't i what kind of shuttle did you say again? Menu class. It's the runabout. Next generation era only. Yep. The, the work on the shuttle takes takes a few hours a shift. Science really zero? Yes. Um, well, actually, with the... We have the modules. 
Yeah, with the module make science. Okay, a... there's no science module listed here, so I didn't know. No, I know. I, I there's somewhere but I need to dig them out. Um, make science a two okay. with the module. All right, so it takes about a shift to alter the the runabout. Some parts are needed. Uh, the industrial replicators struggle with a couple of the components, which slows slows things down. But the shuttle is ready by the time you reach uh, your destination. And um, with the viewer set to aft, you watch as the uh, the wormhole entrance. We dropped off wormhole already. No, you're just about to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the doctor is going to be in sick bay. Okay. You watch as tractor beams gently nudge the wormhole um, aperture away from the ship. And once it's a couple of hundred meters away, small maneuvering jets fire and it's orientated to face the star. Not that it matters which way it's facing. It's just, you know, it's pretty when you come out. Within moments of sending the signal through the wormhole, as well as a subspace uh, signal, which ironically arrives second. A small Zek craft shoots out of the wormhole. Not much bigger than the runabout, really. It's a very sleek vessel, no warp drive, but has quite a powerful sublight engine array. There's a, a, a little bit of a back and forth communication goes on, just a checklist. And then Captain Pax wishes them good Godspeed. And they shoot off in system towards their target planet. If it proves to be habitable to the Zek people, then the wormhole will be towed into orbit around that planet. Obviously, if they can't, if they get no nutritional value from anything on the planet, then it's a bit pointless. But you never know. Starfleet is intending to send information and work on a either a way where they can process our foods or a way to alter their digestive tract. Do they not have a replicator tract? Yes. Yeah, but it's not the same as, you know, growing your own food and eating. So they'd like her. They would like to be able to experience our foods, basically. But of course, there, there is replication technology. So they don't need the physical space to farm and whatnot. But they would like to be a part of the Federation. And at the moment, with this difference, it kind of separates them from the pack, yeah, we, as it were. We don't have a shared table. It's sad. Yeah. Waffles. Yep. Well, waffles have no nutritional value, regardless of what species you are. I'm insulted. <laughs> well, they don't want kale, so... <laughs> Your waffles are different. Nobody from wants kale. Anyway. <laughs> no. Your waffles are hot sauce. Belgian waffles. Mm. Our waffles are made of potatoes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Potato waffle. Never heard. Delicious. No. Yeah. Potato. You have the waffle on the bottom, and then you have either the burger or the chicken on top. Shed load of cheese, and then you stick it in a burger bun if you're really that greedy with tomato sauce. I'm fascinated. Having with beans. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, no, buffalo and maple syrup. That's kind of how it has to be. Damn, possibly. Nom, 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 nom. That's what my Belgian waffle. That's it. 
maybe some we can't even agree between ourselves what good food is so how can we agree with the zek let's be honest uh full english full english breakfast amen brother i need to try one of those sometime they are very nice sounds like i'm gonna need a coma nap after that <laughs> well you might need to have your arteries deferred you can you can almost feel them furring up as you eat your full <laughs> English breakfast. That's how you know it's good. Cup of tea afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I can see this descending into a conversation about food for the rest of the session. So, yes. So, the captain uh, gives the orders to begin the trials. There isn't really any way to test remotely. Uh, because of the power requirements needed, a probe just ain't going to cut it. Roam the runabout or not? Well, you can do the runabout. Roam the runabout. You might be able to remote pilot it, but the exotic matter might disrupt uh, communication. Oh, right. It's going through a wormhole. Yeah. That's just losing time. So, who who gets to... Um, play with runabout. So I think we said me, Ellie, Beck, and Alexia. Yep. What am I thinking? So there was a tactical module on this too. Oh, for shields. Do we need yes. somebody for shields? Um, it's it's more of a power management than tactical. Give us more shields, or does it just give us okay power management? Um, it gives um. Structure with that add, that would add to structure. Yeah, it's cut it. A bonus to structure. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor's yeah. preparing for the worst. Ezekiel, do you want to do a piloting check for me, please? Okay. Control and con is good for me. What is the? Let's see. Small craft. So I got the three successes. Yep. And then what does this ship give me? Engines and con? Yeah, which is under nine. Three successes. That's four, four successes, successes yeah. so you get two momentum. Got it. You successfully depart the shuttle bay, which, you know, given the fact that Excelsior class wasn't designed with a Denebian mind, you, you, there's less than a foot either side to get through. That's why you did the pilot in check. Oh, wow. And you did not scratch any paint. That's a small <laughs> job. In fact, you scared the crap out of the deck boss um, <laughs> by um, taking off at full thrusters. <laughs> you know, just to, because you can, Sorry. apparently. It's a good job the deck boss isn't an NPC. He would be chewing you out. Permission? What is that? Permission to... I bombed the tower or from from Top Gun. Yeah, buzz <laughs> the, the tower. Buzz no, permission denied. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. The decision was taken that you would attempt this in interstellar space, so outside of any solar systems, you know, just in case. So you are about an hour out of the target star system, and you travel for about 15 minutes of full impulse away from the Potemkin because there's no point taking a runabout to do this test if you're going to sit next to the ship and do it. So everything appears fine. Space is relatively flat, so to speak. And all your sensors indicate that this is the perfect location to 
attempt the test. So, can we have a science check with an engineer assist, please? So go ahead, Alexia. Okay. Science and what? Control. Is any of my focuses work on that? Astrophysics, physics, quantum mechanics? Quantum mechanics. Okay, so it's two successes and one from LA is 3D. Okay. Does the ship help? Uh, yes, the ship will. Or Zach. Um, yeah, or um, sense. Sensors and science. Sensors. So science. under nine. Oh. Oh, we got to reroll one. Oh no. The runabout needs oh. a tune-up. <laughs> you have momentum to to reroll that. Yeah. Yeah, one moment. Oh. You said under fun. nine, right? Yeah. 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 Just don't get a twenty. Yeah. It's just a zero. Ooh, much better. Okay. Yay! Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is good. Yeah, so the shuttle's main deflector ignites and pulses a... It's difficult to explain what kind of colour it is. It's non-colour. Orange? Or magic? No, it's it's a non-colour. It's, it's, it's very and weird. You can't really describe it. It's not like any other colour you've ever seen before. It's very strange, and it gives you a slight headache to look at it. Your eyes don't seem to want to focus on it. But in short order, senses indicate that a wormhole is forming or is um, being threaded with um, exotic energy. And a few kilometres in front of you, that, if you're looking at roll 20, um, it looks like a hurricane eye. Yeah. Like the eye of a uh, I think that is what the image is, actually. I Actually, I think it's the hurricane on Jupiter. But, you know, it works for my purposes as a I, wormhole. So, yeah. That's what it, it is. It is pretty. Well, I'm sure I'm sure there's all relations to all the flow dynamics there. Yeah. It, it does look like a hurricane in space. It is flowing as well, circling, circling. Oh. It's going round. In circles and the target coordinates were just for a few thousand kilometers away and all sensors indicate that the wormhole is stable and as stable as it's supposed to be and all the parameters are are green we're gonna go through it we have to go through we can't send a probe or anything because it's it's our dynamics of shielding that will allow us to pass through right yeah yeah, afraid of that. So we can't. Can we sensors anything on the other side of that? Uh, yeah, you're you're picking up. Well, you're picking up you from the other side. You're you're the runabout, the ship. It's not that far away. Um, it's not visible Wait. to the naked eye, but so we can do like sensors a test, are a test arms. Yeah. Yep. Hi everybody, um, I'm the Potemkin from the other side. Yep. Test comms both ways are fine. Is there any time dilation between us? No, not that you're aware. Not that you can detect anyway. What is um Sen? What's he looking like? A kid in a candy shop? What's going on? Yeah, he's 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 still on the bridge, um, but he is very excited. Oh, he's not with us. He's on the bridge. Oh, yeah, he's okay. on the bridge of the Duncan. He's monitoring the sensor input from the ship, and it seems to be exactly what he predicted on a smaller scale, but it's what he expected. All right. 
So everything's green and everyone's happy. Do we take the trip through? Pull the lever, Kronk. See you in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> you all expected me to pull a fast one, aren't you? I kind of am. I love the paranoia I create. There's a reason why the doctor's in the sick bay getting ready right now. He's like, go up. Stop hell. Strapping <laughs> in. And uh, pushes it in. Wrong lever. So the wormhole aperture um, is less than a kilometer wide, but it is it's plenty wide for the runabout, and it's probably as large an aperture as the runabout could create. And unlike the Bajoran wormhole, there's no real sensation of time passing. Once you're fully in the wormhole, you're coming out the other end. It's almost like walking through a doorway. Uh, sorry, there's no sorry. sensation of time passing. There's no sensation of travel. Uh, space traveled it's not instantaneous but it's not recorded time either they're through there's no bells or whistles or klaxons sounding you just appear on the other side a few hundred a few thousand kilometers away from where you started and no one is a lizard that's good i'm gonna double check that everyone's quantum signatures are the same (laughs) (laughs) yes you haven't traveled to another universe either oh good Uh, the doctor wants them in sick bay immediately, regardless. Okay. We're coming out of the gate that we just planted. No, you came out the other end of the wormhole. I'm not sure what you mean. So we just planted that gate at the at the star system. Yeah. Oh no, it's not that gate. Okay, so this is something totally independent of that. Yeah, you created a wormhole and targeted the exit coordinates a few thousand kilometers away. Okay. So okay, this is a side project. Yeah, it's an unrelated wormhole. All right, so um, as you come out of the wormhole, your walk field kind of, it pops. What well, That wasn't expected, but maintaining the wormhole drew a lot more power than you expected it would. How much would. do we have left? Got two left. I'm glad I upgraded that. Uh, you expect no need to use half of what you had. Okay, use more power than normal. And the wormhole, as expected, instantly collapses once you're safely beyond it. Your warp bubble pops does no damage but uh well it fuses a few things in the warp nacelles nothing that can't be easily repaired even on a larger scale but it does mean that ship the shuttle can't go to warp until it is repaired okay we can't get back yeah you can get back it's a few thousand kilometers it'll take you what 10 minutes and either way the patent can could come and scoop you up anyway so you make it back all right, and you get you get summoned to sick bay by the overly protective doctor, who expects the GM to kill all his players at any moment. <laughs> yes. Have I tried to kill you more than four times? Uh, I didn't keep track, really. Hey, at least it wasn't a Borg dragon, okay? Did consider it. Yeah. Just, just a Borg <laughs> T-Rex. That's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you head to sick bay. I want to scan somebody completely. Yep. Ellie is just beside herself. She's as happy as uh, Sen is right now. <laughs> she's never run a test flight before. That was really exciting. Well, you all survived, so that's a good test flight. Pride is that way too, but he's not showing it because he's pride. But he, he likes seeing <laughs> new things like that. So, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it was the first test flight, so it was as much uh, engineering test as it was a flight control. Will, do you want to do a medicine check then? Yes. Well, given that half your away team are, are not human, I could, you can use the xenobiology. 
focus. Nice. Not sure anything else would really work unless you're going to go and exploratory surgery them all. Uh... <laughs> You know, just cut them open, see if they're okay. I play the leeches. <laughs> uh, medicine and any attribute I want. Uh, yeah. Um, do we want any assist from my doc? Yeah, can do. Although Will's got like four successes. So... The ship would do... Well... What would the ship do for help? Computers and medicine? Not sure the ship would help. Sensors and medicine, yeah, maybe. Sensors and medicine? Yeah, do sensors and medicine. Ship zero. Uh, Dr. Jasper gets one success. Okay, so that's five successes in total. So, how many were on the away team? Three. Okay, so you get two momentum. Nice. Yeah, no, everyone appears to be healthy and there's no abnormal anything going on. A reverse evolution. Nope, nothing like that. Well, you're all fine. Yep, so you're all fine. You can go about your business. But the captain wants to see everybody, so you can't really go about your business. <laughs> go about your business as long as that business is to go and see the captain and nothing else. Off we go. Well, it's actually a couple of days later. You've all been crunching numbers, running further simulations, a couple of more tests with the runabout. More variables have been added. Shielding has been extended. Physical shielding has been put around those components that fused last time, uh, the first time and the range has been steadily increased over the next couple of days and Captain believes that it might be time now to try the Potemkin because yes it's it's fantastic having a runabout that can do this um, a shuttle doesn't have enough power but if you want a tactical advantage then starships are going to be needed rather than runabouts uh, but he asks your opinion before he... Doctor is still voting no. <laughs> I bet Bassin's in for it. Not my crew. <laughs> We've shown no uh, ill effects, Doctor. I mean, if we could actually... Yet. Jump a full ship of the line. That, that's, that's, a, that's amazing. That's faster than Slipstream. There's always a hidden cost. Right now, we don't know what that is. Could be relative to size or mass. You don't know. You've managed to jump the runabout about uh, just over a light year. That's the that was what the last test was with set different crew members in the mix, different species, um, ages, things like that. I'm preparing my "I told you" face in case something happens. <laughs> Listen, Doctor, if Zeph from Cochrane had gone, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. We wouldn't all be sat around having this conversation. So, come on, we've got to take a risk sometime. <laughs> if you say so. What does the chief engineer think? Everything's clear so far. You know, the chief engineer's player thinks the GM is saving all this, just the whole ship through at once. The other shoe is about to drop. <laughs> Ellie is excited. She's still really thrilled. All the numbers are coming out great, and the tests have been good, and she feels confident she can um, outfit the ship and test it. If the doctor wants, we could drop him off in a runabout of his own and let him wait behind. I don't have a med bay in one of those. Give you some plasters and stick you in there. Besides, I have to be here to fix you. If if the captain orders it, Ellie's on it. Yep. Okay. So they are going. Uh, the captain is going to give the order. Uh, he he says to take your stations, and gives the order. Can Ellie do a control and engineering check? 
and our scientists do a science check, control and science. Does someone want to roll for the ship? What are we rolling for the ship? Oh, I can't remember now. What did we roll before? Uh, we rolled. We rolled before. Ellie has been missing some sleep. She's got zero successes. She's just been pulling too many all-nighters on this. <laughs> yeah. I want to spend a momentum and try again. What are we rolling on the Potemkin? I do sensors and science. Oh, Elixia. That's not good. Uh... That's two successes for quantum mechanics, but there's a complication. One. Unfortunately, oh! the ship is... Uh, <laughs> the a, ship pulls through. <laughs> you might want to re-roll that if you want to. Am I just rolling support, or am I rolling full, too? Uh, you're just rolling the support. Okay, so then it's just one or two successes. The 20 doesn't count, then. No. Uh, Nikki, do you want to spend a momentum and re-roll one of yours? Yeah, one success. That's better. That's five total. Okay, you can have two momentum back from that. We now have five. Okay. So, the, the vibration, the engine vibration and the engine noise changes pitch as the exotic matter is created, the warp bubble springs into existence and the main deflector shoots out a pulse of uncolour, which is what I'm going to call it from now on, or not colour, and the wormhole aperture appears. The destination has been set for several light years away. In theory, because of the way it works, it doesn't matter about... uh, Gravity wells and objects in real space won't affect the wormhole at all, but at least travel through it. I hope we're not intentionally putting the wormhole through something just to see. No, you're not. It's several light years through open space, and sensors are detecting the wormhole on long-range sensors. If they're going to run into that cloaked Romulan warbird, right? No, probably not. (laughs) The captain gives the go-ahead. Pride, if you can do a control and con, please. The ship, do engines. Wow, you have an 18 for control and con. That's awesome. They're maxed out. They're they're maxed out. Does the someone to roll for the the ship? Okay. (laughs) Some momentum to re-roll that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so we're down to four. There's one success. So what did I get? 18 and 19? Oh, that's bad. Uh... Yeah, but one of those is a success. How many successes do we need? We have two. I can. Uh, you only needed two. Okay, then that's fine. Hold Excellent. on that if I wanted to. So, once again, there's no perception of moving or of time having passed, but you you pass out on the other side of the wormhole. But something is wrong. Of course. What? Of course it is. Um, <laughs> the the main deflector shuts down. Uh, kind of an emergency shutdown situation, and one of the warp coils in the port engine uh, fuses. My baby! And before you is a void. You can still see stars all around, but there is a, um, a sphere of nothing, of just space. Big. Is this not where we wanted to go? Several million light years across, this void is. Is this not our target? What? <laughs> no, it's not where you want to go. Okay. Um, so are we, are we inside this void, or are we looking yes. at it from the outside? You're about 50 light years inside the void. Um, Pride immediately starts astro-navigation. Hang on. In the very center, 
is a ring. It is oscillating and spinning very quickly. Uh, it's a bright electric blue color. And in the center of that is, again, it looks like a sinkhole. And you can see this from several several million light years away. Another wormhole? Several million light years. Yeah. You are detecting sensor readings from it. So even with subspace sensors, this thing has been here for millions of years. It's an intense gravity well, and we're talking several galactic masses of gravity here. Several several galaxies worth of matter of of um, gravity in what is essentially a couple of light years in diameter. You get a call from Astrometrics, and it is a it's the chief Astrometrics officer, and she's somewhere between excitement and terror. But you're not sure which side of the scale she's at because she flips quite often, and she's talking really quickly. I mean, we're talking hyperactive teenager talking here. So it is rapid. The captain, you know, calm down. What are you on about? And in your mind's eye, you can see her pointing towards the astrometric screen and saying, that's the great attractor. What's the great attractor? I'm glad someone asked that because the captain knows. The great attractor, it's in real life as well, is... It's within our supercluster, our galactic supercluster, and it is drawing all other galaxies, including our own, towards it. Fast enough that other galaxies are blue or red shifted, depending on if they're closing towards us or moving away. It's in our galactic supercluster, so you mean we jumped out of the Milky Way and into the middle? Yep. My gosh! So have a look on roll 20. Okay. Right, the red dot. You are here. Milky Way. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's the Milky Way. Okay. Right. The Great Attractor is if you trace it up, back up the uh, the arm that we're on, about halfway up. That's oh. where the that's where the Great Attractor is. Well, we aren't in Kansas anymore. Nope. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, this thing is strong enough to pull galaxies in. Yep. And we're not being crushed. No. You are about 200 million light years away from the Milky Way. Huh. And it is given off. All I'm saying is don't say a word, Doc. Do not say anything. <laughs> don't speak. <laughs> don't even look at me right now. You have to take your ease. It would be great for my frequent flyer miles. It is pulling other galaxies towards it at about 700 kilometers a second. Are we losing position? No. Okay. No, the void is it. It's it's a void. You're not in danger of being crushed or dragged into it. I mean, even if you were being dragged into it, it's still you know several million light years away. So. So we're outside of a galaxy at the moment, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Sensors start beeping. Proximity sensors. What's out here? Like Zach, does he know anything about this? Does he know this would happen? No, but he, he he's excited that the wormhole worked and over such distance, <laughs> but is currently at a console trying to figure out what the hell happened. Okay. <laughs> Someone is, at least. So can we do a control and security check, please? I will do that. Is he working sensors? Sensors and science from the ship, please. Hashtag nailed it. That's three successes from me. Um, nice. What, what's the ship need? 
um, sensors and science. I got it. So under 11. Oh, two. Ooh, nice. Oh, okay, you can have a point of momentum for that. You're not sure how to describe this, Scott. You, you, you can't quite figure out how to explain what you're seeing on your tactical sensors. So you just basically put it on viewer. It's the user on Vong, isn't it? No. <laughs> no, no, I know no, no. It is a galaxy far, far away. It is, yeah. Um, no, it, it's it's a star system, right? G-type star, gas giants in the, in the outer part of the gas system, rocky terrestrial in the center, even got an orc cloud, except it's traveling at about 95% the speed of light, and you can detect that it is actually gaining speed as it falls down the gravity well. It will take a long time to get there, but it's currently on your ass, and, you know, it's moving fast enough that it might actually hit you at some point. Maybe we should move out of the way of this. Yeah. Yeah. You only have impulse speed. Oh, right. We burned out our warp for... Okay. Is that... I guess the impulse is how you get around in that inside a system, so we should be able to get around it. Just means if we get around it in time. Yes. When you say get hit by a star system, I mean it's not like it's not like it's one big object that's going to hit us. No, There's like no. lots of smaller objects in there, so yes. In theory, yeah. impulse should just let us weave. Yeah, if you sat still, the star would have run you over. But like you say, it should be easy enough to. Um, Weave around it. We're gonna weave through it, or go around it, uh, or, or orbit it, or go over it. Yeah, I mean, it's around it. Physics right. are getting a little bit funky at this point with the star moving at, you know, close to the speed of light. It's it's getting things are getting weird in the star. Yeah, I say we keep our distance and go around as much as possible. Yeah, that's not a problem. You can. It, it, I say it's about to run you over. It's a few hours away. And you're easily able to, with impulse speed, get out of its route. Can I work on repairs? Yes. So, reason and engineering. Pride, can you do a control and con check for me? Oh, dear. Yeah, I got one success. I guess I'll... One success, unless I can use any of my focuses. I don't know what the ship would give me, but... No ship roll. Okay. This time. So... You basically you take an inspection pod out because obviously the warp coil can't be replaced from inside the ship. That's when you discover, Ellie, that it wasn't just a single coil that had been fused. It had damaged at least two others. It's going to take several hours to replicate a new coil and install it, a new set of coils. Fortunately, the, the starboard missile is fully functional. And uh, with a little bit of creative engineering, you could probably take the ship to low warp with just one they sell. But, you know, given... Warp speed to get back? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, we need to do this stupid deflected dish thing again. Wormhole to get back. Which we need the warp bubble for. Oh, yeah. right. Someone wants to do a science check for me. Please. Science and what? Insight. Okay, same. It's the same for Alexia. Why am I rolling so bad? You and me. I think I rolled too many ones earlier. Um, we can re-roll those. He doesn't have any talents for those, but we can re-roll those with momentum. We need to. So two. Well, it's up to you. Two guys. momentum to re-roll both of them. Or no, it's three momentum to re-roll both, right? Yeah. 
How much momentum do we have? We've got five right now. Do you want to use three or just use one? As many as you would like. Let's use three because I don't want us to get stuck out here. We roll both. Jeez, two successes. Ooh. Still got a 19, though. Uh, it's not a 20. That's true. Good, good. So, coordinating with astrometrics. Well, she has astrophysics and physics and quantum mechanics, so I don't know if that makes that three. Astrophysics would come into it. So that's three successes. Okay, so you get one momentum back. So all the science science departments pull together while the warp engine is inspected. And using all the sensors available, including the telescopes, the phys- visible light telescopes, they can positively identify that the bright electric blue spinny thing is actually a, a series of cosmic cosmic strings that appear to have been intelligently combined into a circle. So it's not the event horizon? No. They've also identified up to 100 other star systems in the void, like the one that you had a close encounter with. These ones are much closer, and there appear to be at least three that have intersected the cosmic loop because they are... Uh, well, the planets and stars are show, show signs of intense gravity interaction. One of the one of the science officers kind of hesit- hesitates and said, "To be honest, it looks like it, it almost looks like someone's throwing stones at it." Well, I'd love to hear what the Q have to say about this. As far as we know, the Q are restricted to the Milky Way. As far as we know, it looks like someone's throwing stones at it, like like pebbles in a pond kind of thing. Like there's yeah. a effect okay. basically any... it looks like someone's throwing star systems at it like throwing pebbles oh. at a hoop cosmic marbles slide with me just slide with me walk with me take a walk <laughs> they're also able to uh, they got some images it's badly d- distorted and they've they've worked as best as they can to clear the pictures up but it does appear that there is a star system or a a star field should i say a field of stars on the other side of whatever that vortex is that's a long way around yeah it's um it's it's impossibly long yeah the images are several million years old and for all you know the none of it exists anymore but that's what they have gathered from the information that has filtered out this way. Oh, and they they can also confirm that the uh, that the edge of the void is perfect. It is a perfect sphere. You know, Kirk only got to the edge of the galaxy. I'd say we beat him by a few steps. <laughs> well, yeah. So Sec is kind of well. Anyone that had been watching him throughout this would notice that he's, he's slumping down. And, you know, turtling kind of, if I'm small enough, they might forget I'm here kind of attitude here. Finally, he turns in his in his um, spinny chair and clears his throat, packs glances round and then turns fully to look at him and says, you have something to say? Um, Sekka's like, yeah, there might be a good reason why my people did wormhole travel the way they did. Packs it, he's kind of, you know, rubbing the bridge of his nose, cursing his many lifetimes that brought him here. He says, continue. And Sex says, um, in an equally small voice, well, yeah, 
the reason we thread the wormholes with exotic matter, it's not only to keep them strengthened enough so that we can traverse them, to stop them from intersecting with other wormholes. Is that what happened? We intersected another wormhole that took us here? We might have intersected 6,422 wormholes. How is that possible? The doctor's just scanning himself over and over. <laughs> Set it to auto scan. We were threading the exotic matter. What did we? What went wrong? If that's supposed to prevent crossover, it wasn't exotic matter we were threading it with. It was exotic energy and Anything. and and yeah, it doesn't do the job as well as exotic matter. And yeah. of course, well, because no, no time passes as you travel through it, we didn't really have time to, you know, stop it. A way to retrace our steps, path that we took. We don't just jump blind to somewhere else in the universe. He shrugs and goes, maybe. How long does that energy last? How long is that detectable? Um, it's not. Okay. But we can't move anyway until we get the warp coils fixed. Oops. I'm trying. So that gives you several hours to figure out how to retrace our steps. I can do that, he says. Some of his old bounce coming back. I can do that, yeah. We'll need every second of it as well. I'm going for lunch. Be back in a bit. And he toddles off the bridge before anyone can stop him. Oh, Alexia, start working on it. I, uh, I, I can't I'm just going to assign a security detail to follow him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Make sure he doesn't wander off. Try and steal a shuttle or something. There's not you can't go far. Um Yeah. So this is the current situation. You are about two hundred million light years from home in a ship with a flat tire, essentially. With a wormhole expert that has no idea what the hell just happened after travelling here through six million odd individual wormholes. And someone is throwing star systems at a cosmic loop. Now the doctor's going over to the captain and he's scanning him over and over. They trace trajectories on those star systems, like where they came from? Uh, yeah, they came from all around the void. So it's not just one direction? No, it's from multiple directions. Someone do a science check for me, please. Science and what? Just quickly. Okay. Um, control. And someone roll for the ship. Jeez, I'll get what? the ship. What's the ship? Uh, oh my goodness, another 20. How much momentum do we have? We got... We have three. Or we can just give him more threat while we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, let's uh, let's roll the momentum. I'll use the three. Okay, we're down to two. I'm oh, sorry, just rolling one? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I'm not rolling anymore than I am. Alexia decides that she's <laughs> going to crawl into her bunk and, and not emerge until we're home. <laughs> For the ship, what was the roll? It would be computers or set sensors. Yeah, sensors and science, 11. so 11. Success! There you go. Yeah, so all the star systems that are currently flying towards the cosmic lo uh, loop, they came from multiple directions, and and the ones that have um, shown damage, like they've intersected the hoop, you can trace their course backwards as well, and... It took millions of years for these systems to to get to where they are now. But you are detecting um, relatively close, 40-odd light years away, active weapons fire. Well, life science. And oh. not at that distance. 
but one of the weapon signature weapon signatures yeah is familiar it is a variation on tenzin weapons fire tenzin those are the bad guys from uh the other one the other weapon signature is a variation on the the protector's weapons but it is not it's a it, it's the root of the technology basically it's probably the original version of the technology that's been copied and copied and copied and is so much more powerful than the protector's weapons were wow and how far away did you say it was 40 light years oh okay we want to invest we, well, we can't investigate that we can't get that far so no warp no can we check something did did we arrive did did time change have we arrived at exactly the same point in time we might have moved space but did we arrive in the same point of time that will require a science check again uh with a difficulty of four oh jeez how am i supposed to get that because you're so far out well does it use obviously you can have someone assist and you can use the ship as well do i does it is it sensors or computers oh it really doesn't make any difference that they're both they're both nine astrophysics physics or quantum mechanics for the i can get an added role astrophysics that's two successes sorry nikki well if i'm just supporting i don't think this applies but i can get an extra role when i try computer programming and i get a bonus die uh oh i get a re-roll on ship sensors it should apply. It would be sensors. It should apply even if you're assisting. Yeah. Okay. So for the ship, it's sensors and science. Eleven. Don't forget, you got advanced sensor suites as well. Well, well it's a difficulty, right? Let me see what that does. Four is the difficulty. Yeah. Uh, advanced sensors. Four minus one because of the. So, so do I even get to re-roll or additional roll on the computer when I'm assisting? Uh not with the computer, no. Okay. Uh, well, you would normally, yeah, but it's not a computer check. Okay, so one success to add. What was the ship's check? Uh, under 11. Got it. Uh, I'll no, get it. I don't. Oh, he got it. Yeah, so I didn't get it. So we needed three successes. I got two, and Ellie got one. So that's three successes. Well, if you okay. want to burn a determination? Uh, Elixir doesn't have determination. She's an NPC. Yeah, that's what I thought. She could use momentum. That's about all she can do. I guess so. She could use threat, but she didn't have anything that. So, used so wait. Actually, so. So sorry, I wasn't looking. Which one of these is the ship roll? The, the fifteen. And we're using sensors. Yeah. Yeah. You can re-roll that. Oh, I can re-roll that because it? of my sensor skill. Oh, okay. Yeah, my sensor skill allows for re-roll when we use sensors. Oh, there's another success now. Yay! Mm, that's four successes. Okay. So you can spend the success now, uh, the momentum that you got from that now to get more information or add it to your pool. Uh, spend it. All okay. the information we can. So for obvious reasons, this far out, um, I mean, even today in the 21st century, we, we, we have a reasonable idea of what the galaxy, what the universe looks like. This understanding would only advance by ship time. Astrological sensors indicate that no time has passed. So you are you haven't travelled in time merely in space. 
but there are there are things that shouldn't be. Many of the stars around the the rim of the sphere are further along in their life stages than they should be. Of the millions and millions of stars around the perimeter, several thousand of them are in the red giant phase of their life cycle. Well, that's because the distance light has to travel, right? No. No? Well, potentially. Potentially. But um, even 200 million years is a blink of the blink of the eye, astronomically speaking. A G-type star should last billions of years. Oh, right. For it to turn from G-type to gas giant in 200 million years is highly unlikely on this sort of scale. Is, is the proximity of the attractor destabilizing them or something? Maybe. Um, one of your science officers takes the initiative and scans, deep scans, one of the nearer uh, gas giants. It is indeed a gas giant. It has reached that stage, but it seems to have reached that stage unnaturally. The science officer is not detecting any fusion within the star's core. She estimates that another 10 million years or so, the star will extinguish completely. This does sound strangely reminiscent of the last time we came across the Tenzin, isn't it? They were messing around with the life cycle of stars, right? Mm. Is this where they're removing all the stars from their um, arch enemies? systems and dropping them there replacing them with the blue suns no it's not uh, they've not replaced the stars they've just been aged um obviously as you know the star star fuses in the center and then that heat radiates outwards and it's said to take about 10 billion years for heat using convection to reach the surface so these stars were extinguished or this one in particular was extinguished there recently, and that's what caused it to blow up into a, a red giant, and it will burn itself out. If you think of a fire um, in a bit of wood, right? the fire might be out, but the wood will still burn from internal heat for a certain amount of time. It's an ember. So they're embers of stars. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we should ask those nice people shooting at each other over there. Can't get to them though. If least... they're another version of the protectors, they actually might be the version that we don't want to mess with, the one that upset the Tenzim in the first place. Right. Or... And they are, their weapons are way more powerful than ours. We can't maneuver. Yeah. We can't run away and we can't get over there. They might not be our friends and yeah. I would say just keep a sensor on them, sensor eye on them. The deep scan of that system, does it show any planets in the system? There are some planets. Do they have any similarities to the Nagzin system, or the um, protector system, rather? No. It's, it looked as though it was a, a normal star system with, you know, rocky and gas giants and things like that. Um, when the star blew out to a red giant size, it engulfed most of the inner system. Are we detecting any old communications or anything? No, no. The the area of space you're in is very turbulent. The void, the void is. Uh, electronic signatures don't generally last very long. It's kind of like radio waves in a hurricane. 
or electrical so storm. What's the turbulence in? Because I thought I thought we were in a void. Oh, but the systems are outside the void. Yes. So the turbulence is outside the void. Well, no, you've still got all the gravity waves and whatnot bouncing around inside the void. Okay. Um, it. Oh. Sorry. Science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to science. The head doesn't want to. Why um, don't you have a PhD in this? Come on. I'm a psychologist, not a scientist. <laughs> wow, well, criminologist, actually, but that's beside the point. Sciencey so the, things. The gravitons, the pesky pesky gravitons, are making yes. trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, basically, the 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 void, the sphere, or the the wall of stars that make up the sphere act as um, uh, a bit of a focus. So think of uh, think of it like this. If you've got uh, echoes, right? you stand in a giant sphere and make sound, it will bounce back off the walls to you. It's kind of like a reinforcing feedback. So inside so the sphere... Really it is signals? No. No, you see, that, that was the quick answer. Okay. Works for me. So we're not going to go say hello to those nice people over there we're not gonna go into the stars because they're too far away and right now are we fixed yet or are we working on that we're working on how much time has passed yeah i think by this point uh you've probably repaired what you needed to so we can make the attempt to return yeah the doctor staring very strangely at one of his assistants as he moves it up and down the scanner interface just over and over he's scanning everybody over and over and over six million times each yes for every wormhole they had to go through. <laughs> As you know, the the uh, warp engine casing is is closed. I see it's kind of like a big hinge, like a bonnet. Um, so as that's closed, carefully, because obviously you know probably weighs a couple of hundred tons, and the work bees return to the shuttle bay. Sensors start detecting the same energy that the protector's FTL drive gave off. Except this time, the energy signature is orders of magnitude more powerful um, to the point that you're actually getting a hyperspace wash through normal space. It's not doing anything other than tripping your sensors out. Just swapping over on swapping screens on roll 20. You should be able to see it any second now. I see. Star-shaped ship-ish. One of those appears as suddenly as a protector ship did. It's about 100 kilometers away. Uh, the glowy bit is the back. And it's huge. From top to bottom, it's just under 200 kilometers long. And from side to side, it's about probably 120 meters uh, 120 kilometers. It is huge. And it is hailing you on old Starfleet protocols. I say old, about 2370. The captain's a little bit surprised, but orders a channel open. And on the screen is a humanoid. The woman on the screen kind of, well, she has characteristics from several Federation races. Uh, she's got the, the ridged nose from a Bajoran the pointy ears from a Vulcan, and the spots of a trill, although not as many as a trill, a pure blood trill would have. The camera is focused upon her, you know, head and shoulders, 
You can see very little of the ship behind her. But she smiles warmly and she says, We've been expecting you, Captain. I am Grand Admiral Tenzi Carter and uh, I am Grand Admiral of the Protectorate Fleet. Uh, you seem to have stumbled into a, a battleground. Where were? Pax is, is is beyond bloody confused now. He is seriously considering whether or not he's still drunk and if this is some sort of weird dr- drunken dream. And he glances around at you all and kind of, you know, shrugs helplessly and like ideas. The doctor points the scanner at the view screen. <laughs> it's a view screen. I know. I guess we can sh- share with her how we are lost because we did ran this test. And yeah, that's how we got lost in the middle of your battle. She nods as you, uh, as as the captain explains, and she says that's the risk you run with wormhole with manipulating natural wormholes. But I guess that's a lesson that you've that you've learned. How does she know about that? About what wormhole stuff? Did we just did we tell her that? Or yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, Nikki suggested it. So. Although she does, she's well aware of how of the the process that we used. She says that a lot of civilizations that go down the wormhole route for FTL use similar protocols and technologies. We've seen it time and again. Have you seen successful ones? Not very often. Well, the protectorate um, steers clear of of the type of wormhole processes that you used but then again our ftl is so fast that a wormhole would only shave a few minutes off a trip anyway and it's not worth the risk your ftl is faster than wormhole yes yeah we i she glances down at a screen uh, glances down in front of her she's clearly reading something and she says um you've encountered the the protectors they used a version of our FTL drive. So that was the although the somewhat skip. smaller. Yes. Yeah, the hyperdrive effectively. Yeah. Well the hyper jump drive. Where they're able to cover light years per jump, we're able to cover the millions of light years in minutes. Hey, how were they expecting us? She says to answer that question, I'm gonna have to show you something. I can't explain it without showing it to you. If you'd like to come across, we don't need to go anywhere on my ship, but um, I do need to show you it to explain it. Oh, no. The captain asked for volunteers, apart from the doctor. The doctor's going. I volunteer. Yeah. Chief of security's coming. Okay. The captain says, decides that he's going as well. Leaves our so in charge, even if he is out being social. How dare he? I know. He's a geek. He shouldn't be social. Anyway, so Carter asks those who are coming to stand up so she knows who to transport over. And then there is a a bright light and then you appear somewhere else in a different room. Absolutely no sensation of a transport having taken place, but you clearly were transported. It's a brightly lit room. It looks like your transporter room or a what you would expect a transporter room to look like. And moments later, Carter walked through the door. Her uniform is, it's basically a pair of um, black trousers, um, a black top, but um, like 
the old movie era uh, uniforms with the asymmetrical top that does up down one side. It looks like that. It's all black apart from her shoulder boards, which display her rank in, you know, traditional Navy lines. But you can't identify what the material is. It looks like fabric, but it doesn't really look like fabric. It's a very strange thing. You're encountering all sorts of stuff that you don't know how to process. But you're probably going to have to talk to an army of counselors to process later on. Uh, the doctor was uh, running out of surprise, but now he's uh, he's alive and he's looking around like, whoa. Yeah. She greets herself, uh, Tenzi, to, to answer your question, come with me. And she leads you down, out the door and down a short corridor. Uh, she stops short of an alcove. It's only, you know, a couple of meters across and a couple of meters deep, door-sized. And she says, just step through. But there's no, it, it's not a door, it's just an alcove. Who's going to step through? Me. Carter gestures and the doctor steps forward and in a flash of light, he disappears. Where? And Carter follows, and she disappears as well. She's trusting you all to, you know, walk through the bloody alcove as well, and not just stand randomly on her ship. I look at Scott, and then I go through. Yeah, I follow. Okay. As your vision clears, you're in a a giant sphere. You're on the equator, and there's a, a large catwalk that circles it and there's catwalks above and below um, all in, in, interconnected with steps and um, ladders. It, it's much more low tech than you would have expected for the ship, but it clearly is, it works. In the center is a, is a smaller sphere. From the distance that you are, the room itself is easily 200 meters across. The sphere in the center is only 10 meters across and it appears to be shifting colors rather than a solid color it's multiple colors quickly shifting and moving uh you are at the edge and there is a catwalk a platform that reaches right into the center and then encircles the central central sphere fascinating you are immediately greeted by three people in robes uh, kind of like, think Jedi sort of robes with the hoods up. Can't see their faces, but they they look humanoid. And there's a, a short and animated discussion between Carter and these three robed people. In the end, you can't hear the conversation, even though she's only a couple of meters away. The, it's very, something is stopping you from hearing the conversation. And in the end, Carter says something that makes the three people in robes kind of uh, back down. But you can feel them glaring at you as she leads you down the platform towards the centre. Carter apologises. The custodians can be overly protective. It sounds like she's about to say what they're overprotective of, but catches herself at the last minute and says, I have to show you. It's a couple of minute walk. Are there any questions while you are walking? What kind of technology were they using to cancel sound? Cone of silence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their robes have a built-in sound nullifier. So Nifty. Themselves and anyone they're conversing with, the sound waves are effectively absorbed uh, before they can go too far. If I use my tricorder, what am I seeing? So 
the room is damn strange. You are seeing the room. The walls are coated with, with, you're not sure, actually. It's like an amplifier, but it doesn't amplify the room. It amplifies everything else. And this amplification seems to reach out over the entire ship. And you think it's a a signal amplifier, but you, you have no idea why anything would need to be amplified on this scale. But beyond the physicality of the room, you also detect a subspace component and a hyperspace component. They are arranged orientation-wise with the subspace below the sphere in the center and hyperspace above it. Not that in reality it matters how it's organized, it's just that's the way it is. The subspace component seems to be a a pocket dimension with a great deal of processing power and memory, like hard drive sort of thing. That's like the computer that was on the uh, Blue People's World that we didn't get into. Yeah. Uh, The hyperspace component is a transceiver. It's incredibly powerful. And because of its location in hyperspace, its range is damn near infinite. Send and receive messages across the known universe. Lucata sees you scanning, but doesn't stop you or say anything. When you reach the sphere in the center, you realize it's basically a sphere made up of thousands of small screens. Although it is a seamless sphere, it's like a hollow projection. And she says this is a, a an outlet, like a, a remote viewing station of the Library of Possible Futures. Um, the library exists on our home world, mostly, and catalogues all possible futures. And then we're able to calculate the probability of any one future or life path and how likely it is to come to pass. So that's how they know. They saw us coming. Yeah. Questions? So many. Lottery numbers for one. The obvious one is how how, how can we get home? It would be the obvious first question on my lips. We can take you home. It's no more than a few days journey for us. Just like that? Yeah. We'll take no you costs? Home. No. No bus fare? Nope. We can take you home whenever you wish. How about a coffee? You and me sometime. Say again? I think he's asking her out. Oh, he was hitting on her. Oh. (laughs) She smiles and calls you adorable and then says, um, 9,000 years old. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. How are you 9,000 years old? Death isn't a concern anymore. The protectorate is, is 250 million years old. And yet the ship that started it all, the Federation starship that got lost, was launched in 2377. Wait, which which ship was that? It was a colony ship called the USS Dax Ion. It was meant to settle a planet in the Beta Quadrant when it encountered a wormhole, an uncharted one, but it was unstable. It interacted with, a, with their warp drive. And the Terminus not only threw them far off course, but back in time as well. When? 250 million years in their (laughs) past. With no way of returning to Earth at the time. And, well, you know, the Federation wouldn't exist for a quarter of a billion years. It was decided to settle on the world that they found themselves in orbit of. And they grew from there. Many of my ancestors are still alive. Yeah. 
in the Federation today. You have... Oh, right. Sorry, my head just took a little time trip. <laughs> I'm back now. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, there is but one price for us returning you back to the Federation. I knew it. You need to warn them about the Tenzim. The Tenzim are an extra-galactic empire. In many ways, they are like the Federation. Multiple races coming together for a common cause. The problem is that that common cause tends to be the annihilation of everyone that isn't Tenzim. Not good. We have been fighting them for countless generations, but every victory becomes much closer. And we believe that they are using time travel to pick their battles. At some point, the Milky Way will be under siege. Well, we don't, we don't have like resources to. Wow, guess we have to bring that up the chain. Might need those protectors. Yeah, the protectors are just one of many groups that have discovered and successfully used our technologies. A quarter of a billion years. No matter how careful we are, we have lost quite a bit of technology, either missed in cleanup or a ship was destroyed and technology salvaged. But we generally police our own debris fields. But groups like the Protectors are technologically a match for the Tenzim. The reason our victories are so close is for every ship we have, they have 10,000. Well, we're technologically superior and have the firepower, but that many ships, eventually it, it, it's going to become a stalemate. That's why we fight them out here. Uh, she plucks a screen up off the surface of the sphere. It in turn becomes a, like a holographic sphere. She looks at it for a moment and then closes her fist around it. When it opens, there is a, a computer chip, a flash drive, compatible with current Starfleet technology. And she hand, uh, reaches out to hand it to someone. Me, I'll take it. That's all the information that I can safely give you about the Tenzim. There are things about the race that can't be spoken about. There are branches of their military that use words like we use numbers. So think of it this way. We use numbers to split the atom to make nuclear weapons. They use words that can kill someone instantly just by speaking them. So that data contains a safe version of what I can tell you. Thanks. And I'm going to call it for the night. You know, on a nice cliffhanger. Hope you enjoyed it. goes to get ready for his date with Kyber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Doc. <laughs> Howdy. I don't know. Isn't there some sort of um, law against dating a 9,000-year-old immortal? Only in anime.
Oh, okay. <laughs> isn't the rule half half plus two? Isn't that the rule? Uh, it's it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, Doc. Uh, you're too young. <laughs> he tried, man. He tried. <laughs>